Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist Podcast. Please help by subscribing and check out footballpurist.com. Welcome to another episode of the Talk On Podcast brought to you by thefootballpurist.com. This is Brian Painter in the chair tonight hosting for the second week in a row. In for your normal host, the man, the myth, the legend, and all things Chicago, Joey Vishny. On tonight's podcast, I'm joined by two left coasters, Jimmy Torrey Hone. Jimmy, what's going on, mate? Hey, man. It's uh, Peru won today, so that's <laughs> actually a big deal for me, so it's a good day. Is it? Wow. All right. We got a Peru shout out um, on the Talk On podcast tonight. And I'm also joined by the mercurial Jeff Hallett from the left coast. Jeff, what's going on, son? That must be a compliment. Yeah. And the way the U.S. performed today, I'm international break dancing. <laughs> and of course, I'm joined by first time potter and fellow New York copite, um, Alex Perrin. Alex, how you doing, lad? Hey, man. How's it going? Yeah, doing uh, doing well. Excited to, uh, excited to be on for the first time. Awesome. All right, boys, on tonight's pod, we'll be reviewing Liverpool's transfer business. The transfer window has finally slammed shut. We'll be talking about the ins, the outs, and the overall outlook that you give uh, Liverpool after their summer of business. A certain Phil Coutinho and what we do with him next. How do we integrate him back into our team? And then we'll be looking at some of our top four rivals business. Uh, And then we'll, of course, wrap up with the massive fixture at the weekend against Man City. So let's get stuck into it. Jeff, what's your initial reaction to this uh, this window and the summer of business that Liverpool did and did not do for the sum? Well, first of all, getting stuck in, I saw what you did there. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> so uh, the transfer window, we had one job and we didn't get it done. So there were a lot of wonderful additions to the side. Salah, the depth at winger, the left to complement the right, most formidable attack, I think, in the world. Good, we got that check. We got forward depth in Solanke, who's got tremendous upside, could find himself in a second choice position right now, the third choice with sending Origi on loan. And then the needed help at left back, Robertson, and then then some depth with Alex Oxlade Chamberlain in the midfield. So some pretty decent ins, the outs, Sacco finally moving on which was more of a personal thing with Klopp, as we know. But Virgil van Dijk and not a single alternative pursued. There were some similar reports in the news about, you know, he might, you know, with a few weeks ago, two weeks ago, look at alternatives. He never looked at alternatives. So for the job of getting central defense help, which has been our weakness going back a few seasons, failed miserably and we were in on some elite talent ultimately didn't bring them across the line you have to give the club some ups for standing stalwart with Coutinho not bowing to the Barcelona pressure for Barcelona all their majesty in Spain with the South American players usually English clubs and especially Liverpool have been you know been difficult to resist a sell but we're not a selling club and that was a good message to you know, radiate across the market. So there's some ups for that, but in the end for me, it's a C. A C. Wow. Um, you mentioned the, the, the C I, 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 te- I would tend to give it a better grade than that. 
if I if I look at your comment on the center back, that was the first job to do. I would argue that our first job was to find a suitable counterpart to Mane. When Mane went out, we absolutely went into a, a dumpster fire of you know a run of form for about a month and a half. Jimmy, I, I got to think Salah ranks higher for me than getting a center back in. I don't know what your thoughts are. I think they're actually even. You needed both someone to supplement or to partner up with Mane, which the club did with Salah, although they dragged that out too, as everyone likes to forget Jeff. <clears throat> and um, <laughs> they needed a center back, which they didn't get. I'm, I'm of the mind that it's more of the way they did transfer business rather than Klopp needing to find alternatives, and I might be in the minority because of it. But... Uh, I feel as though that was cocked up way back in early June, and the club tried to get around it. They tried to do something smart about it. They couldn't do it. And so, you know, Klopp with his uh, stubbornness with Sako, which is very unfortunate. Now we're left with, you know, uh, we're left with Matip and everyone's favorite center back, Lovren. So that I, I actually agree with Jeff on the grade. I think a C is just about right. I think this is the only thing that Jeff and I have agreed with, uh, agreed upon <laughs> this entire summer. So <laughs> it's yeah. back on that side, Jeff. I, I'd like to agree with you. Honestly, there, I don't think you can give them a better grade off of the expectation setting of we're going to spend $200 million and this is going to be the summer after all the accomplishment and struggle to get into the top four with, a, could you call that a top four side at the beginning of last season? Probably not. Right, and I, I don't think you can give them a lesser grade either because they, you know, they did get depth with the Ox. They, they, they brought in Salah, which is amazing. They, they signed for next season so that's something to look forward to so it's not that they did terrible business it's just they they messed up in the most important aspect i think or one of them because i, I do i do equal forward and center back as as equal you know I, I i think you guys are being a bit harsh i think some of the some of the moves they made especially the navigator uh move was it, it showed a real sense of planning on liverpool's part uh they they probably figured they're going to lose coutinho they figured they probably could hold on to him for another season they couldn't get nabby done because of red bull stands um and they got a deal done for pretty much buttons um when you think about what nabby if he has another season like he did this past season he's going to be a hundred million pound player so Alex, what do you make of Liverpool's uh, transfer business this summer? Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm slightly more more optimistic than uh, than the folks before me. I think you know, looking at the the window kind of holistically and looking at Kada and, and some of the other pieces we brought in, I think I'd probably give it about a B, you know, like a six and a half or a seven out of ten. I think you know the club did a really really good job to find a solution to get Kada in the door because. Um, you know, I think under some previous leadership, maybe four or five years ago, that that deal kind of dies uh, in the water, you know, and, and we don't find a way to get across the line. Um, so I think it's I think it's really encouraging to see that side of it, and, and like you said, to see the foresight uh, to go out and, and secure a, a potential world class talent, um, and, and kind of get him get him wrapped up and get him in the door when when kind of hope seemed lost. So you know, I think that's encouraging. I think. Um, you know, like like some of the others have touched on the other the other business to to bring in depth and to bring in some more quality that that was much needed, um, is 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 certainly an upgrade in in, in a few departments. Um, you know, we we've improved probably two uh, first team first team spots with with the introduction of Salah and uh, and Robertson, um, which is which is really encouraging. I think. 
you know, on, on the Van Dyke situation, it's a tough one, right? Because, uh, you know, I think you want to trust and you want to believe in Klopp, but at the same time, and you want to you want to believe in the club's leadership. Um, but at the same time, you can't help but feel slightly let down that they they didn't go out and address one of their one of their biggest needs. Um, and, and I think it's a situation that could have been avoided, right? There's 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 something very strange that there was no alternative pursuit. So whether that's a directive from Klopp or um, whether that's a directive from the ownership, it's just very odd that there was never any other talk really of, of another center back besides Van Dyke. Um, and for me, I think it's a it's a situation where it was such a pressing need that. At the moment, Southampton seemed hesitant to sell Van Dyke. It's almost like we have to we have to move on and we have to go find someone else because it was such a sort of dire issue. I think, you know, if we needed to go out and secure an alternative to Van Dyke, it could have even been a temporary sort of stopgap until you know either we return from him for him in a year or we go after someone else. You know, it didn't have to be a world class talent that was our long-term solution at center back but we do need to add depth because you know right now we're, we're in, an injury and a suspension away from a, a clavin gomez partnership in the champions league and uh, and for me that's that's not quite good enough um so you know while i while i like the business we did you know kind of echoing everyone else's thoughts it's it's just disappointing and it, it feels like the club kind of uh kind of kind of left everyone out to drive it by not going and securing a much needed piece so you bring up a good point alex do you go in and go get a stopgap and potentially risk the potential of not signing your your first choice in Virgil Van Dyke? Uh, arguably, Southampton are going to know their lot in life come January. Uh, Liverpool could easily come back in with seventy million pounds and get the deal done in January. Uh, that would s- let Southampton save face, and you still get your best. You still get your top uh, recruit. As we've seen, Klopp is in this for the long haul. Uh, hence by the signing of Naby Keita for next summer. I don't think he's looking at it as a this season versus next season versus, um, you know, win now mentality. I think he's building for the long haul. And if Naby and, you know, Virgil are his top choices and they think he thinks they're going to make them better, then, you know, you got to you got to kind of support that and, and, and see where the chips may fall. But I agree with everybody's sentiments. We could have really used another center back. But you know what I'm really excited about? I'm really excited that I get to hear three months of Joey bitching about Lovren <laughs> and making fun of Vishni bitching every damn game about Dejan Lovren. So that's that's at least cheering me up a little bit. Um, let's change gears a little bit and talk about a player that we didn't end up selling, which is Phil Coutinho. I don't want to spend a whole lot on the saga that is Phil Coutinho in the in, in the you know, handing in a transfer request and so on and so forth. What I want to talk about now that the window's closed is how do we re- reintegrate him into this into the lineup, right? He he caused a lot of stir. He kicked up a lot of dust. Now you got to come back and you're you're welcoming him back, welcoming him back after his Brazilian trip where he magically healed from a, ma- a massive back injury. Jeff, what do you do with Phil? How do you integrate him back into the lineup? And then if you do integrate him back in the lineup, who drops out of the midfield for you? It's a great question. So first of all, it's not going to happen immediately. So Klopp is all about trust and about guys that have done the training, have shown fitness. And Tite just remarked yesterday or might even been this morning with the time difference that Phil may be you know, fit physically 
can run on the pitch, but the technical skills are not as sharp because he hasn't been playing. So if that's a problem on the national team, you know, you can see him coming in at half and they're playing Columbia today, right? So I don't think it's going to be a few weeks until he gets time in the side. So that's the first thing. It's going to take a little while. And then secondly, who comes out? I mean, it's a great question. I, I honestly don't know, given how the team is performing, how Henderson is, you know, bossing in the back and the kind of play that you, you're seeing at this point. I, I don't know who you pull out. If you pull out Jean, it, I mean, I, I'm dumbfounded how you bring him back in the side, given the way the attack is performing. And he's going to have to earn it with Klopp. Yeah, he's going to have to do some major uh, mending of fences with Klopp, uh, let alone the supporters. Alex, what what do you do with Phil Coutinho, and how do you bring him back into the lineup? Yeah, I think I think that's the million dollar question that, that you know Klopp and, and probably some of the other groups are asking themselves right now. I think um, you know I, I sort of agreed. I think it'll be a little while before we see him. Um, I think slowly is is probably the right answer. Um, you know, I, I think I think the first time we see him, as I kind of look at the schedule, is, is potentially Leicester in the League Cup. Um, that could be kind of a nice uh, a, a way to integrate him back into the squad. I think I think the problem that Klopp has on his hands is is he's kind of set the precedent now with Sacco that you know if you if you put yourself before the team, um, then you're going to kind of you're going to kind of pay the consequences. Um, I, I think you know. Alex Ferguson, not to bring up the United manager, but but Ferguson was speaking at a sport management conference in, uh, I forget exactly where, somewhere in, in Europe, I think, last week. And um, he was asked about this. And, and, you know, his basic answer was a good manager will find a way to, to incorporate a world-class talent. Um, and, you know, we, we've seen Klopp buckle down and kind of put, you know, his pride and, 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 uh, and, and his trust uh, over, uh, playing someone that that kind of disrespected it, but the the fact is that you know Phil Coutinho is a very different player than Mamadou Sako, and as a result, he'll be he'll be treated differently. Um, and well, he also, it, I mean, Alex, to that point, he Phil didn't. I mean, Phil trains hard. He's not a problem off the field. You know what I'm saying? Like Sako yeah. had a lot of other, you know, personality issues and in per, uh, uh, yep. personal issues. That's not Phil. Phil wanted his move to his dream club. I, I think this is a little different situation than Sacco, but I get your point. I think you're probably right. Um, I I think we may see it that way as fans. I don't know if I don't think any of us know if Klopp see it that way. My sense from you know kind of seeing him is that he's more of a it's it's black and white, right? And and if you disrespect his trust, it could it, the situation could get bad. So I, I think you're right. I, th- I don't think they're I don't think they're exactly the same situation but i think you know it's uh, the sacco situation is kind of the closest thing we can we can judge off of right so um i I think it'll certainly be interesting i think i think klopp i think klopp has a tough task on his hand because um he has to integrate him into the squad he is he's a world-class player um you know i I don't think any it benefits anybody to let him sit and rot on the bench for the next four years even though we all might feel that way because it's some sort of some sort of justice uh but uh but I don't think that's that's for, you know productive for us or him. So uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I, I agree. Go ahead, Painter, if I could. Um, so Alex has a great point. It, it is a slightly different situation, but I think the net effect is about the same. So 
didn't have the unprofessionalism that Sako represented off-pitch issues, but agitating at the end of a window and creating this daily distraction for Klopp, you know, where he had to message every day, in fact, every hour in some cases, where he is, where he's going, where he's going to end up. I mean, that, that can't go down well. And he's, you know, to Alex's point, he's going to have to earn it back in the side. And, you know, it, it, we don't want to sit him forever, but it's going to take a few weeks to get back. And he's got a lot of competition where he didn't have, didn't have it before. Yeah, competition for sure. And, and, and Jimmy, I'll come to you. How do you integrate him back into the side? Is he on the bench for City uh, or is he still bombed out of the team? And then when he does come back in, which one of that midfield three is getting getting the hook to the bench? I'm not sure if he's on the bench for City. Just because I'm very bitter at him, I'd, I'd rather see him fight in the reserves for quite some time. By quite some time, I mean maybe two or three weeks because that's an eternity in the Premier League. Uh, have him earn it. And then start putting him in on the bench and have him come in as a super sub for a while. I, I really want him to feel what he did to the squad, especially with the start that Liverpool have have begun the season with. I think it'd be it, not only that, it would light the fire underneath all the other players that are really playing for Liverpool. They're not going to want to lose their spot to someone who pouted for two months, the last two months or month and a half of the, of the summer window. Now, you keep on asking who we pull, uh, Brian. You're very insistent on that. And I think it's very fair for us to tell you we really don't know. We have no idea if there's going to be any more injuries. We have no idea if Genie is going to continue his, his small resurgence that he, that he had against Arsenal in, in, in the match before that. We don't know if Jean is probably going to get injured again, although based off Jean and, and Henderson, I think I'd rather have Jean back there because he's a little bit more muscle in my opinion. You're going to have to take someone out, and whoever it is, hopefully it's a fair battle and, and, and Coutinho actually earns his spot again. He, I did watch the, the Brazil-Colombia uh, game briefly on my phone. Uh, Coutinho, when he came on, looked a little rusty, but at the same time, his influence was, was immediate. You could see how he linked up with Neymar. Uh, you could see that he wants to play. It's just that uh, he needs a little bit of time to, to knock that rust off. So I think it's going to be exciting when he comes back i'm really excited to see the crowd jeer at him i don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing i don't know how he's going to react to it that if the reports are true that he cried before the game against ecuador last thursday that's because his he, back hurt dude right, okay when it was confirmed <laughs> that he didn't go to barcelona then then i don't know how he's going to react to it and and honestly i think this is gonna this is gonna either either make or break his career from now on if he can't get over some jeering and he literally lets him get him down you might not see Coutinho be, be you know cross that that threshold into world class because if you can't take a little bit of jeering like what are, you, what are you doing on the pitch you know yeah, I hear you and, but I I also look at our run of fixtures we have six games from the uh in September from this Saturday until the 26th uh which is a ton of soccer to be played in six games in what 17 days that's less than three days rest we're going to need the depth that he's going to provide and whether you bring him back in where city sevilla burnley you got two games at leicester and then you travel to you travel to russia to play on uh spartak moscow I, you know at some point he's going to have to get minutes in september just because of the run of fixtures that we have I don't know if you, uh, to your point, I don't know if you bring him back in in 
for this weekend against City. I do think, though, that he's a nice option off the bench. I mean, if you look at our bench, that could potentially be uh, in place for the City match. You've got Coutinho, Sturge, and Oxlade-Chamberlain along with Milner. Uh, that's a far cry from the depth that we've had in any recent memory that's been sitting on the bench. You've got real change of pace and quality uh, that's that's sitting there, which is exciting to see. But I get your point on on uh, you know on where Phil's going to have to reintegrate. I do think he owes the fans an apology. Uh, I don't know how he gets that across. Maybe taking a full page out and uh, page you know, advertisement in the newspaper with his apology and his explanation. Maybe he goes public with an interview, something uh, because he hasn't spoken this whole time. He's done it all through email and, you know, word of mouth through agents and and news outlets. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how Klopp handles this. I do think we're going to need him though over the course of September, just because of the run of fixtures and, and what's at stake. You've got two champions league qualifying, qualifying games uh, in the group stages You've got the EFL Cup against Leicester, um, and then three. Yeah, play uh, me the EFL Cup. Just play there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and three, and, and three against Leicester. Well, it's against Leicester, so it's against a quality side. And, right. But you've also got three big, uh, three big matches in the Premier League, right? Uh, and with teams firing, uh, you can't lose ground against United. Obviously, you've got a six-pointer against City, so uh, which we'll come on to and talk about about a little bit later, but. I wanted to change gears um, now that we've got Liverpool's business covered and talk a little bit about our top four arrivals. So <clears throat> I'm going to go to Jimmy, you first. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you cover Chelsea and Arsenal. What, how do you think Chelsea and Arsenal did this window? Uh, and where do you rank them in terms of uh, having met their targets and objectives and uh, plugged holes in their lineups to, uh, for the season? Uh, One thing I did hear about Chelsea is that they actually sold the most this window, which is not normally the norm. They either sold or they sent out on loan. Honestly, the the biggest they had, let's see, they had I think they had six or seven ins. The names that I recognize the most, Morata, which was their striker, who's a loan striker who came in after it seemed that Chelsea were trying to go after Lukaku. That didn't work out. They got Danny Drinkwater. Something I heard about him that was really interesting was that Drinkwater, although on his own, doesn't seem like he's a big get. The fact that he could be playing along Conte again, which they had somewhat of a good um, partnership while, while Leicester City actually won the title a couple of seasons ago, could be a plus, could be something that's a little bit underrated. They, they, got, a, they got a goalkeeper in Willy Caballero, which was on the free, and then they got a left back and they got a midfielder. And I don't know how to pronounce the names. I'm sorry, guys. Their out list is incredible. It's really long. Uh, names that it I is. recognize are like Juan Cordado, who's a Colombian player that I dislike very much because I feel he's very dirty. Um, I can't believe he's still on the roster. He hasn't been around in years. In well, that that's time. why. He's gone. Yeah, he was uh, he was going on loan to multiple teams. I just kept on seeing him. But I, every time uh, South American teams do their qualifiers, such as today and last week, I, I saw him again. You know, the the biggest FU to, to Chelsea is the fact that we got Solanke, of course, right? You know what? I... You know, they didn't get rid of Costa, and I, I don't remember if I saw an article saying whether he's inside of uh, he was put for the, the the upcoming squad, so I don't know how he's going to be doing. Um, I think I saw a report that said that Diego Simeone said that he only re-signed with Atletico Madrid because that deal with Costa coming back is done and dusted, so there's 
maybe some hints of what's going to happen there. I have no idea what's going to happen with Chelsea with this window. I, I you know, Morata's I feel like was not not their primary target, but I, you know, I think the first game he scored a goal, but that, you know, yeah, Chelsea he, ended up he, losing that game. Yeah, he's had a couple of good. Uh, he's got a couple goals to his name. He's had a right. good start to the season, but I mean, when you look at it, you know, they, they got the kid from uh, Bakayoko uh, from Monaco. But they also bought Danny Drinkwater, who they both play the same position. And you've got Conte. They did lose Matic. Um, they had some big outs, right? So they lost. Okay, their yeah, Matic going off to to um, to Manchester United, of course. And I remember hearing that that's a such a Jose Mourinho type player. But I don't want to get too much into that because that's not the team that you had me research, uh, Brian. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so just I guess we'll see. Honestly. I don't know what's going to happen to Costa. I mean, sorry, um, to their manager. It just seems like things are just completely falling apart for him anyway. So as long as Chelsea fails, that's all that matters to me. Arsenal, on the <laughs> other hand, you know, they only had two players that came in. So that's quite unfortunate for them. Uh, you know, if you listen to our pal over at Purely Arsenal, Jeff, uh, sorry, Jack Sessions, he he's just very, very upset. Uh, they started the, the summer strong with Lacazette, which... I remember he was linked with Liverpool for a couple of seasons ago. Uh, we saw him score within the first 10 minutes of the season opener, and we were all in the group chat going crazy about it. Go, oh, great. Arsenal started with a goal, and it was Lacazette. <laughs> you know, they, they, got a, they got a defender in from um, Schalke, right? The Kolsniak, I think it was. Kolsniak, yeah. Uh, he got a, he yeah. came in on a free. He looks a player. Well, it, I mean, I saw that he was given Arsenal's uh, player of the month for August, and I uh, Arsenal actually got mocked because of it, because he only played for a game and a half, and he didn't even play for the game against Liverpool, which Liverpool absolutely destroyed them 4-0. So, I mean, <laughs> Arsenal is just a mess right now. They, you know, they finally got rid of Chesney, which apparently has been they've been trying to do for quite some time. You know, they got rid of Gibbs. Obviously, Deox came to Liverpool, and I'm sorry if you guys don't like me calling him Deox. I mean, Ox, Oxo Chambo. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I just think they're. Arsenal is is just in total shambles, even worse than Chelsea, and uh, we did much better than them. So I I really don't see much happening at Arsenal. They couldn't get rid of Alexis. Alexis uh, Wagner actually came out today saying that after he didn't get his move to Man City, he's still 100% committed to Arsenal. That's bullshit. I mean, it's going to be fun to watch them burn. Sorry, Jack. <laughs> it is going to be fun to watch them burn, and they've already started the... The demise right now, and Jack, um, sorry, sorry for your luck, man. Uh, it's 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 troubling times over at Arsenal, but um, I, I do think that they started out with two great moves in Lacazette and Kolsalniak. But I agree, I I don't know what they're doing right now. I mean, they got rid of they got rid of Oxlade Chamberlain, as we all know, and they basically set themselves up for their two best players, Ozil and. Sanchez to leave on a free next summer. It's 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 insane. They got no money for them. That's basically a hundred and twenty million dollar fuck up, for lack of a better term, because they're getting nothing for them next summer and they're allowed to leave on a free. I don't know what Arsenal's doing right now, but it's it's going to be fun to watch them try and make a go of it this season, and hopefully they completely fall off the grid. So, with that, I'm going to go to Jeff to talk about Arsenal's. <clears throat> Crosstown rivals and Spurs, or North London rivals and Spurs. Jeff, what do you got on Spurs? How did their summer end up? And then you can transition that into our 
arch nemesis in United. Uh, is there any way we can skip the United part and just focus on the other teams? But I eh, guess not. <laughs> Did research for it, so I might as well. So it begins with Spurs. We, we talk about our issues bringing in center-back talent. That was the one thing that Spurs did right. I mean, they purchased players worth $51 million, or net spend of $51 million, excuse me. <clears throat> net spend of $51 million, purchased players worth about 101 and sold for ninety. Um, so sold ninety worth. And they brought in, you know, in terms of center back talent, uh Damonson Sanchez, uh, international, Columbia International from Ajax for forty two million, kids twenty one years old, six two, stacked, one eighty, like needed depth depth for them at center back. And they also picked up uh some depth in center back, uh Juan Foyth about 10 million uh, from Estudiantes. So young, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Young player that's going to be, you know, molding through the Academy. As you look from top to bottom, bringing in the defending talent, they also brought in uh, Serge Arrier from Paris Saint-Germain for 23 million at right back. And then of course, Lorente, the target man at the ripe old age of 32 for 15 million. So, Top to bottom, addressing their needs on a side that was already pretty complete to begin with, it, you have to be impressed with that. Um, it was sharp business. And for those that went out, I mean, it's the majority of them are on loan, which, you know, is all about the development. Kyle Walker is the most glaring of all those, uh, the overpriced right back for Manchester City. So in the end, I, I think it's good business for the club, given their size. We've got a stadium opening up next year. I think they, they did a decent run. Their fans probably have something else to say about it, but you know, relative to our business and our top priority, I, I was pretty impressed. Yeah, they had a good they had a good window. I think their biggest issue though is going to be having to play home games at Wembley for the entire season, as yeah, opposed to their having nothing to do business. with transfers, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, Jeff. What about United? Um, obviously, there's some big name players that went to you know and joined United this summer. How how did they uh, fare, and uh, what's the outlook for United? Yeah, it's, it's pretty simple to describe. I mean, it didn't really take much for their team to look a lot more complete. I think the Matic transfer on its own could make the window for them. You know, you've already seen it in the results, not conceding a goal through three match weeks. So, you know, it totally changes the complexity or the complexion, I should say, of their mid- midfield. And then pulling in Lukaku, uh, a lot of us Liverpool fans love to laugh at Lukaku, still scoreless, at least while he was in Everton, uh, Everton shirt at Anfield. I, he seems to have uh, picked up his run of form from Everton's at, at United, so that's a big deal. So between those two, those are the big ins. Um, they bought Lindelof in, um, and then Ibrahimovic, uh, you know, for all the talk of him as the lion, you got to admire as much as we hate to love the guy. You admire his work ethic as a professional, the ability to come back as quickly as he did from what looked like a catastrophic knee injury at his age. So nothing but respect begrudgingly for him. And then the out was clearly Rooney. Uh, aside from that, a bunch of loans of you know players you largely haven't heard of. So Spent $140 million, uh, roughly, and uh, sold Rooney for 10 for a net spend of about 130 So, decent business for United, and they filled some key gaps in their lineup. Yeah, and I, I thought it was a really good window for United, and I still, to this, to this minute, 
don't understand how Chelsea sells Matic to United. I, I like you're making one of your top rivals so much more strong than than they ever were, were going to be without that guy. I just I don't get it. But good on United. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully they all come down with minor injuries throughout the throughout the next couple of weeks before we face them in October. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, Mourinho can go suck it. So, all right. With that said, um, speaking of teams that can go suck it, we're going to flip it over to Alex. Alex, give us a little bit, uh, of color uh, on how Everton's summer went. Um, and I'm sure it's going to be a little bit rosy. Um, no pun intended, but, uh, Alex, what's going on with Everton? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, out of out of sort of our top six rivals, I think Everton were were of the most uh, active, at least in terms of of quantity of players going in and out. Right, um, they brought in uh, sort of about twelve or fifteen players now, uh, and 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 that's kind of you know it's it's obviously a lot. Um, you know, all the Everton fans on Twitter were, were bragging about uh, their their war chest that they they were going to have this summer and. Uh, and you know they did spend a decent amount of money, um, sort of starting with the outs. Obviously, Lukaku is the big one that that goes, uh, and they bring in a nice uh, a, a nice big sum for him. Um, other you know other notable outgoings: uh, Gareth Barry leaves for West Brom, um, you know, and then Tom Cleverley uh, officially goes to to Watford. So, uh, other than that, not not too many uh, notable outgoings for them. Um, you know, I think the I think the theme in terms of the talent they brought in is it's all it's all very young, right? So, Jordan Pickford comes in from Sunderland for twenty five million. Um, Sandra Ramirez, the young striker from Malaga, comes uh, comes in. Uh, Michael Keane from Burnley. Uh, you know, and uh, obviously Gilfie Sigurdsson and, and, and Wayne Rooney as well. So, um, you know, some 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 names that. Um, you recognize it, and then some some other names that you you may not recognize. You know, Davy Davy Class, and also coming in from Ajax. So, um, you know, you know, they certainly got in the the quantity um, of uh, uh, of probably some of their fans that hope they brought in a, a lot of potential talent. But um, you know, speaking from a, a third party like uh, neutral perspective, if I don't have my Liverpool sort of hat on, I think you know it's it's a lot of young, exciting talent, but it's a lot of also unproven talent in the Premier League. Um, you know, I think uh, Michael Keane did have a very good season last year. It's one of the reasons why we were interested in him. But um, it'll be interesting to see how he deals with, uh, you know, being in a back three and playing a bit of a higher line than he did at Burnley. So uh, I think that's something certainly that's interesting to watch out for. Um, I think in terms of, of bringing Rooney back, you know, I think that was one of the big talking points of, of the summer, uh, seeing him come back to Everton. And, and you know, I think it's uh, from a perspective of, of how Koeman maybe wants to play. Um, and, and sort of setting up the way they, they, they're going to go forward this year. I think it's a really interesting move in terms of how Kuman accommodates him. Um, I think one of the big problems that Everton had last year was what they, they were very short in, in the center of the park and they were, you know, they were sort of light, um, both in terms of depth and in terms of, uh, just sort of forcefulness, you know, as soon as Gay went down and in kind of the middle of the season, they, their midfield kind of, uh, it was kind of like Swiss cheese. You kind of run right through it, you know? So um, I think that was, that was one of the reasons we, we beat them handily last year. Um, uh, so I think, you know, they definitely did a lot of business. They did a lot of interesting business as a Liverpool fan. Like, I hope they all could fuck off and, and do nothing, but um, <laughs> certainly, certainly uh, will be interesting to, to watch them and see how um, all these new players adapt to not only the Premier League, but, but how Kuman wants to play. 
um, you saw him, you know, set up with that with the back three against Chelsea, and um, they were sort of run off the park. It was only it was only two nothing, but it was it was really a poor performance from Everton. So um, definitely will be interesting uh, to see to see how they do going forward. Um, and I'm excited for when they come to Anfield and we beat the shocks off of them. I think they made a lot of good moves. One thing, you know, they didn't replace Lukaku's goals, and that to me is putting a lot of pressure on Wayne Rooney to be able to produce at Wayne Rooney levels of five and seven years ago. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's exactly right. You know, they, so what they kind of did was they went with the, I guess it's called like the bail approach now, right? You sell one player for a lot of money and then you replace his goals by buying a bunch of, buying a bunch of potential um, and a bunch of other players that, that could, but you know, that could replace them. So, um, It'll be interesting to see where the goals come from. Uh, I think you know. I think Rooney will will have his will definitely have his his fair share of goals in that Everton system. I think it sits up sits up nicely for him. Uh, but you're going to also be relying relying on players like uh, Sigurdsson and, and and Sandra to to contribute to um, that goal tally. And um, it'll be interesting to see how they adapt. Yeah, I liked uh, I liked this. I liked a lot of their moves. I thought they got their business done early. Unfortunately, they did make some good moves with Pickford. I think he's a quality goalkeeper, and it's an upgrade on that position. I think Gilfie Sigurdsson was was shrewd business on their part. I think he's a quality uh, attacking midfielder. Again, I'm not sure what to make of Wayne Rooney. He came out of the gates scoring uh, early in the season, but does he have the stamina to last the whole season? And then Michael Keane was arguably one of the better defenders in the league last year so all in all i think they made some really good moves i don't think it gets them any higher up the table than they've been so but uh they've at least upgraded across a number of positions so good on everton um they're still gonna lose to us but anyways uh we'll flip it uh now to our upcoming rivals at the weekend manchester city alex what did uh how was manchester City's summer and uh what did they do and what did you like about what they did it was expensive uh i think that's kind of the the, the way to describe <laughs> it um it was it was expensive and it was slightly odd um i would say you know uh i think and they've obviously brought in some some top level talent um but like oh how much money are you going to spend on fullbacks? I mean, they replaced Kyle the Walker. De, yeah, Danilo, Mendy. I mean, that that is, it's almost impressive that you could find fullbacks worth that much money. I mean, I think, you know, I think we, we were linked with Mendy. He's a fantastic player. I know um, Danilo had had a lot of potential when he uh, when he was at Madrid, and and he kind of got stuck in a in a rut. So interesting that they go out and get him. Uh, Kyle Walker. Personally, I've never really rated Kyle Walker. Um, but you know, there are folks that, that really, really like him and, and think he's a great player. He had a good season at, at Spurs last season. Um, and, but they paid a hefty amount of money for him. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how, how Pep introduces some of these players. Um, it brought in Ederson, the, the young keeper from Benfica, um, who has looked a bit dodgy the first few weeks, I would say. Um, I don't, I don't think he's been, um, you know, Claudio Bravo levels of, of, uh, shoddy. Um, but, uh, but, but I think, you know, he's a very, very young keeper and he's adapting to a a bit of a different league in the premier league. Um, you know, I I don't think it's something that, that goalies get enough lean weight, you know, sort of a a lean way for when they, when they have their first inaugural season, the premier league, um, it's a different type of game. 
uh, the balls come in slightly different angles. So it'll be interesting to see how he adapts. Um, I think the one move that, that I, that I absolutely love and, um, someone I wish we were in for was Bernardo Silva. Um, I think really? it's, it's, yeah, I think he's, I think he's a really good player from Monaco. Um, not, a lot, was, not a lot of people are talking about Bernardo. Silva. Yeah. And I, and I, and I think he's gone a bit under the radar cause they did splash out so much cash for, for the defenders that, um, you know, there, there hasn't been enough, uh, chatter about him. It was, it was one of those that were also done very, very early on in the window. Um, you know, I think it was like, or, the or it could be the, or it could be the fact that their attack, uh, yeah. basically Gabriel Jesus, Aguero, Kevin De Bruyne, Sané, Sterling, yeah. Yeah. and uh, another guy by the name of Silva, and then Bernardo Silva. I mean, they've got an embarrassment of riches up top. They really do. They really do. And, and I think, you know, um, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be fun to, to watch them going forward and watch them defend. Um, Cause you know, with, with Mendy and Walker, it's not like you've recruited two conservative fullbacks. You've recruited two players that, that love flying forward. Um, so, you know, I think, I think Silver's going to be an interesting to, interesting one to watch. I think he could kind of be the next craze of the, um, of, of the league. He, he's, he's that level of, of elite talent, in my opinion. Um, he scored some absolute crackers for for Monaco last season, so uh, hopefully he doesn't do that on on, uh, on uh, over the weekend. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to personally look forward to to watching him play. Um, you know, of the notable outgoings, not not too many. I think that's that's one piece of business that you know Man City have kind of been slowly, very consistently good at the last few seasons is is not giving up their top talent and not selling their top talent to other clubs. Um, I, I think the one that kind of everyone had their eye on was Kalahi and Acho uh, going to Leicester. Uh, he yeah. seemed a very bright player for them, and, and it's a shame that um, he had to move on. But uh, but but he's he, he'll be an exciting one to watch at Leicester. You know, he's, he's still a young young striker, and uh, when he played, he looked he looked he looked bright. Um, on the on the more comedic front, you know, Joe Hart going to West Ham uh, should prove <laughs> should prove some good comedy value throughout the season. Um, you know him and Zabs over there at, at West Ham uh, should should produce some comic displays of defending. They're putting um, the band back together. One, one yeah, that I, putting the band one, back together. One that I was surprised that never went anywhere was Wilfred Bonnie. I thought I had high hopes for him, but he's back at Swansea now. But they only got they bought him for thirty million. They only got thirteen back from Swansea. So good yeah. business by Swansea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know, yeah, hopefully he fits in. He fits in well there. Um, I think we were linked with him for a while, which I think would have been an odd move. And that summer we ended up getting Benteke. But uh, but yeah, I think City did 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 uh, a good amount of business. They they, they recruited some some top level talent, um, and and Pep has now, you know, I think it's it's kind of a funny situation. If City end up doing anything this year, the, the narrative will be Pep, you know, Pep bought the league or Pep went out and just you know, he's only a good coach because he buys whoever he wants. So. <laughs> It almost seems like a lose-lose situation for City, but uh, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see them play this year. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of City, thanks, Alex, and I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think they did make some shrewd buys. They ba- they basically redid their entire back five, including their keeper. So it'll be it it'll be interesting to see if Liverpool can exploit the lack of cohesion at the back and the fact that Pep's going to go press really high. Well, speaking of what we're going to do against City, we've got Man City at the weekend, boys. The Brazilians are on a private jet back as we speak, um, and they're joined by the three Brazilians, Gabriel Jesus, Ederson, and Fernandinho. 
with Bobby Firmino and Phil Coutinho all on a private jet. Uh, both clubs uh, chipped in and got him a flight back. By the way, if you haven't heard, we have a new Football Peers pod and channel out there called Canary and Blue, and it focuses all about the Brazilian national team. So if you're interested in what's going on with Brazil and their national team, get over to uh, Canary and Blue on Twitter um, and on the channel and on the site, and you can check out the latest and greatest happenings with Brazilian, uh, the Brazilian national team as we head into a World Cup year. Well, <clears throat> back to the city preview. Um, we've got a big test at the weekend. We go to the Etihad um, where we tied 1-1 last year. Uh, it was arguably one of the most thrilling games of the entire season, bar any league. Uh, we could have been very easily 5-4 uh, City, could have been 3-3, could have been 6-3 Liverpool. I mean, it was just a crazy, crazy match. Uh, I think we're going to end up seeing more of the same. If you look at the season thus far, uh, Liverpool have been the more prolific offense, which is surprising given the quality that's in City's front, I'll call it front seven for 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 Christ's sake. I mean, they they play almost seven attackers at, at times this year. But we've, we've scored eight versus City's five. <clears throat> I'm going to come over to Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy, what do you make of this match at the weekend? How do you think we're going to set up? How do you think Pep's going to set up, uh, and what do you think is going to end up happening? This is a difficult one. Klopp tends to have a good record against City, especially. I, I remember the first half season that he was with Liverpool. Just I think it was 4-1. They destroyed Manchester City. Um, you know what? I wasn't too excited as everybody was about the Arsenal demolition because very few teams will come out and attack us. Uh, like Arsenal did. In this case, Manchester City will. That's always a good thing. But I think Manchester City will be a lot better defensively and in the midfield than Arsenal were during that match. They so couldn't be much worse. The, <laughs> I, 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 think, I think they will be the true test, if I'm being completely honest. I think if Liverpool can can have a positive result against Manchester City, I'll, I'll get really excited about it. But uh, considering that the lower teams will not come out and attack us and be a lot more stronger defensively. I, that's why I I saw Arsenal win as just a uh, it was a good result, but not thing to like expect for for the rest of the season. Uh, I expect. Let's see, I'm just I'm just going to be taking um, a predicted lineup for Manchester City that I found online. Uh, Walker, company, Otamendi, um, De Bruyne, Fernandinho, Silva, Bernardo Silva. Um, you know, David Silva now, Silva, Jesus, and, and maybe Aguero, because, you know, Sterling can't play against us because, you know, he's stupid. Um, <laughs> I, honestly, I, every time Liverpool play against Man City and, and Sterling does not score, it just makes me happy. For Liverpool, I do you think Ox is going to start? Like, Really? That's something that I'm really thinking about. I, I'm wondering if he will. I'd like big to see shout since to he challenge. hasn't trained. It's a big shot since he hasn't trained at all with us yet. No, no, I know. It's, that's why I, I'm not sure he could be our super sub. But it would just be interesting to see if he might start. Uh, go with the back with Matip, Lovren. Um, I'd like to see Robertson again. I don't know about you guys. I think. Uh, I mean, my two cents on that uh, is I think Robertson's done well um, but I think he starts Moreno just because I think Moreno and Mane down that left flank against Walker 
Okay. Uh, has, so, been spe- has, has been really has been really special in terms of attacking and counterattacking. And if you look at Liverpool's attacks through the first three games of the season, 41% of our attacks come down Mane's side. So Mane versus Kyle Walker is going to be a key matchup for me. Okay. Okay. Um, how about right back? Like, um, is there any chance that we see Trent again? Or is that just being too optimistic? I, I, I think, you know, and I'll, uh, you know I'll, I'd be interested to hear what everybody else thinks. I think Trent comes back in. I think the only reason he didn't start uh, was, you know, was because of that slight knock he picked up in the game before. <clears throat> Jeff, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but uh, who do you think starts at right back for, for Liverpool at the weekend? Yeah, I'm right with you. I think Alexander-Arnold's back in. Uh, Gomez... <laughs> Showed a good performance, but I, I think TAA has earned the right. And yeah, he picked up the knock, and he's probably good at this point, barring any injury news. So expect to see him. I also, am, you know, kind of like Jimmy, hoping to see Robertson, but don't see it. I think Moreno will get the call at least to start. Maybe we'll get a tip of the second second half, rotate in. Well, who's your who's your starting eleven then, Jeff? With those with the two. Uh... Fullbacks named. Who else? Who else gets the nod for you this week? Oh, well, unfortunately, Lovren. Lovren. <laughs> I mean, you can't put Clavon in versus City. Uh, it's yeah. You, know, you need you need more athleticism than yeah. Than Lovren at up. this point is the second choice center back, but he's first choice because we don't have anybody else. So you got to put him in in this kind of a match when you got the speed with Jesus and you know, who knows if Sterling or Aguero was going to start. I mean, it's going to put even more pressure on that back line. It's a big concern for Liverpool. So I think it's Matip and Lovren it, it's just kind of rolling forward what we did at the weekend versus Arsenal. And I think it's largely the same six in the front. I think it's Jean, Henderson, Wijnaldum, uh, certainly ain't Coutinho. Uh, and then we've got the, the three speed demons at the front that all ended up with goals last weekend. So should be very interesting versus City. I, you know, I wonder if, if it being a really early game is going to affect them at all. That's that's. that's I'm true. assuming that's one of the reasons why, to the two clubs, or I, I think it was even three clubs. Um, yeah, prior. Chelsea, Chelsea's Chelsea's throwing uh, Willian in the on the yeah. flight as well. So so like you know that's why they're they're bringing in their Brazilian players. Firmino only played the first half and I think a little bit of the second half, so he didn't play that much. He didn't actually have that much of a good game, not much of an impact. So hopefully he's chomping at the bit. Um, to to have a good performance uh, this coming weekend. So, Alex, <clears throat> who's in your starting eleven for Liverpool, and uh, where do you where do you think we're going to attack City? Yeah, I think I think the team kind of picks itself, right? Um, barring any any injuries that we either picked up over the break, and I don't think there have been any or, or any this week. I think um, you know Mignolet probably comes back in, Matip, Lover, and, uh, and then. Uh, I would I would say Moreno like uh, Moreno starts. Um, you know uh, I think Moreno's been Moreno didn't go away uh, during the international break. He was at Melwood and, and Robertson played two games with Scotland. So um, he also scored a cracker. I don't, I don't know if you guys have caught that, but he scored really. Yeah, that was a, that was an absolutely brilliant game. Yeah, and he's and he's a, he's a good player, and he he'll get his time this year, no doubt. But I think um, you know just because he's played two games in, in the last week or so, I think you'll, we'll probably see Moreno come in. Um, and to be fair to Moreno's, I thought I think Moreno's played well this season. Uh, I have no problem with him coming in. I think I think he'll he'll keep Gomez at right back. Um, I think it could be a theme this year when when Klopp wants to go a bit more attacking against you know maybe a low block side. We'll see Trent come in, but 
So you um, think you think that. Gomez is going to sit and sit, yeah, sit I think, defensively I think while Moreno yeah, yeah. runs forward? Yeah, I think I think it's probably a bit, it strikes a bit more balance to the side. Um, I think you'll see him in some of these in some of the maybe more high profile matchups where we're playing teams that are going to come at us. Um, and you know, I think I think Trent's been been good, but you know, you got to remember he's still he's still a young he's still a really young kid, and um, we don't want to see him we don't want to see him burn out. We don't want to see him. Uh, sort of uh, be overused and, and and get some of these soft tissue injuries that we've seen others get. Like, um, you know, I think the one that comes to mind is, is Michael Owen. So, um, you know, I think Gomez come back in midfield is, is in the front line is the same as Arsenal barring any injuries. There's, I don't think there's any yeah. reason to change anyone. Um, I think we certainly could see, could see uh, Oxlade Chamberlain off the bench. It wouldn't be, wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, and I think, you know, someone like Solanke coming off the bench could also be really useful in this game. I think, um, you know, I, I think he's found really, really good spaces in between the center halves when he's when he's made his appearances. Um, and I think, you know, his physicality could could cause that that uh, city back line some trouble. So, um, you know, I think I think it'll be it'll be a, a very interesting tactical matchup. I think, like you said, that the key battle is uh, will be kind of Walker and, and, and versus Mane. And that's that's where sort of the eyes will go. Um, I would be surprised to see Mane and Salah flip wings during the game if, if one is finding it more difficult um Klopp's done it before to try and uh, throw off the balance of the other team I think you could see Mane have a bit more success against someone like Mendy um you know both both are, are very you know Walker and, and Mendy are very very quick um so it might not make too much of a difference but I think you could you could see a, a flip of wings at some point in the game I think where we're going to have the most success is in the center of the park um it'll be really interesting to see again who's breaking forward from the midfield three i think you know one of the things about city that that other teams have figured out is if you can um pull fernandinho to, to one side and kind of attack the channel and behind him um you can have some success once you pull out um Odomendi and company so you know i think the, the key players for us are really going to be that that midfield three and deciding um you know who goes and and, uh, and who stays i think you know chan had an excellent game against arsenal um, you know, you look for him to continue his form and, and continue to burst up, uh, burst up the center of the park. Um, yep. Genie has been Genie has been you know on and off this year. He had a good game against Arsenal though, and, and I actually did catch uh, the midweek uh, Holland games, but um, heard he heard he had an okay game. Um, so so you hope that he he can have a presence as well. So you know it, it's an interesting tactical battle, and, and Pep's uh, you know always known to to do something crazy. So. Um, you know, as, as I was thinking about some of these predicted lineups, it, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Pep just decided to go three at the back because, you know, he, he wanted to try something different and he's, he's known to do kind of crazy stuff like that. So, um, it, it, it'll be a good game to watch and, and, and hopefully we can come away with the three points, but, um, yeah, it'll there be a there, there certainly will be fireworks. Um, that's yeah. no, no doubt about it with, uh, with both with both the the attacks of each uh, Liverpool and Man City, I, I don't see there see there's going to be a shortage for chances um, and opportunities created. I you know my two cents is I think it's going to be more of the same. Klopp is undefeated uh, in the last season and a half against top six opponents. Uh, you know City's going to play expansive football. They're going to come on to Liverpool, which again is very similar to Liver uh, Arsenal, although. City have better players than Arsenal. Uh, I think the midfield is going to have to have a similar performance for Liverpool if we're going to uh, scrape the three points on the road. But with that, 
I'm going to go around and get your score predictions and goal scores, uh, and I'll start with Jeff, Mr. Hallett. <laughs> Nothing but optimism over here. Yep. So yeah. I'm fired up. I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this on? Um, so I think it's going to be a scoreline of two one, and I'm calling Firmino with one of those two, uh, with one of his worldies that we've come to enjoy towards the end of last season. I think the performance he put in in the national team, Brazil, um, will see him finding the back of the net. So that's my call. And I, it's a toss up, whether it's Mane or Salah, they they get the second. And I think for sure we're going to ship at least a goal. So two, one at the Etihad. Jimmy. Let's go with three, one, uh, Firmino with Firmino with a goal, Salah with a goal and Mane with a goal. I'd like to see the front three score and Aguero is going to score because he always tends to score that bastard. (laughs) Yeah, I would I wouldn't mind seeing somebody take him off city uh, over the summer, uh, but uh, what it is what it is. Um, all right, Alex, what do you got for a score prediction and goal scores? Uh, I hate to be the I don't want to be the pessimist of the bunch. I, I think we'll get it. I think we'll draw, uh, and I think that that's a good result. Um, I think going there and getting a point from from the city team will be uh, will, will be a, a well pointer. Um, I think it'll be two two. I think we'll definitely we'll definitely let up some goals. That city attack is just is just too good and, and too fluid to uh, to not score. Um, I could see I could see Jesus getting two. Uh, I think he's a really really good player, and I, I think he, he he didn't play. I think he only played thirty or forty minutes tonight for Brazil. So um, you know I, I think I think he maybe bags a brace, and then um, I think one of our midfield three scores. I think I'm gonna go for Hendo. He hasn't he hasn't scored in a while, and he likes it. He likes a big goal every now and then. So maybe one of those curlers from 25 yards out would be quite nice. And then I think, uh, <laughs> I think Firmino gets one as well. So um, I, I think it'll be an exciting game, but I think in the end we come away with a point, uh, which I think is a good result. I think. That's, yeah, no, I think a, a point. Yeah. Point on the road to, at the, at the odd, you take that uh, all day, every day, twice on Sundays. For me, I think, uh, I think we're flying right now. We're coming off a of champions league uh, qualification for the group stages uh, we smoke Arsenal. Uh, there's a lot of positive momentum at the club right now. Uh, I think we know how to play City. I think our midfield showed the nous uh, in last game against Arsenal to get it done uh, and absolutely dominate the cent- center of the park, which, again, if I look at City's lineup, they don't have Gungadin back. Uh, he's still coming back from his injury. You're not going to put Yaya in the middle of that park. You saw how bad he got overrun. Uh, he was substitute, like, what, in the 50th minute or something uh, the last time we played them at uh, at City. So I think we're going to absolutely run the show. Uh, I think we're going to hit them on the counter. I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with our pace, and I think we do them 4-2. And we're definitely getting goals scored on us, but I definitely think we get them 4-2. I've got... <clears throat> For goal scorers, I've got Daniel Sturridge um, back on the score sheet again this week in a substitute appearance. Hey, hey. Uh, hey, Danny boy. <laughs> <laughs> I've got uh, Bobby Firmino with a pair. With and, a pair. Uh, Very nice. With a pair. And, uh, and, and Mane's going to get his joy again. Um, and I've got Sala with a couple of assists. So 4-2 for me. Um and I think we walk away with three points, and I think everybody is just absolutely fine when we go to Sevilla uh, at the midweek. So, all right, boys, that'll do it for tonight's talk what? on what, – what's up? You got something else for us? 
I got one one quick thing. The one thing I will add is is the real loser coming out of this weekend's game is has anyone seen those city warm up tops? They are fucking atrocious. They, <laughs> they're, I'm they're, oh, go look, look at them this weekend. They say they say city sends across the front of them. I don't know who came up with that, but it is oh, absolute dog shit. Every time I see it, I want to cringe. <laughs> Yo, shake. Now, so I'm gonna have on. to go. Google, I'm gonna have to go Google. Ah, who's the marketing focus group? That I mean, it, it's. Oh my god! Maybe it, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe they're actually not that bad. I think they're I think they're well, rivaled only by their third kits that look like Seven Eleven or AMPM oh. sponsored the design. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Go take a look at it and let me know what you think. Listen, our our, our second and third kits aren't batting a thousand either. So <laughs> <laughs> let's all not throw stones in glass houses here. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. All right, all right, gentlemen. Well, uh, that does it for tonight's talk on <clears throat> episode. <clears throat> Brought to you by thefootballpierce.com. Uh, before we head out of here, Jeff, where can we find you uh, out there on the social sphere? Yeah, it's Grinder or which one are we looking for? Oh, Twitter, right? Um, <laughs> Jeff underscore Hallett, H-A-L-L-E-T-T on the Twitter. Jimmy? Yeah, it's, uh, that's Jaytarajon underscore FP on the Twitter. On the Twitter and Alex. Uh, America's Copite on the Twitter. America's oh Cop on Twitter. Uh, you can find me out there, Brian underscore Painter, on the Twitter. Uh, you can also find Talk On at Talk On FP and FootballPierce.com. Uh, uh, this has been your host, Brian Painter, and you can hear us next week when we come back and review the city matchup at the weekend and preview Sevilla. <clears throat> Boys, it's been a pleasure, and Talk On. Supporters, how about that? How about that?